from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome to the Wow Report here on Radio Andy. It is Tom Campbell filling in for Fenton Bailey. I am here this week, as I am almost every week, with the fabulous James St. James, club kid turned best-selling author. Hey, it's a, it's wonderful to have you in charge, Tom. It's very refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> like grapefruit scented something. And joining us for the entire show, our millennial producer. Yes, Blake Jacobs is here. Hello, Blake. I'm the Debbie Matinopoulos, who I think we're going to talk about of this show. You are hey, jumping you're ahead, the, you're yes. The, you're the rock lobster. You are still just as red as can be from your vacation. You I think I'm red. just sun-kissed. <laughs> is that what it is? As long as it's not just high blood pressure, then we can move on. <laughs> but uh, Fenton is, you know, we've all been busy. Fent- uh, James, you were on vacation last week. I've missed what? a couple weeks. James, Fenton is shooting a show. So things are back to normal, man. We're all just like busy as bees. I was just lying in bed watching Gilmore Girls. I, well, was, I wasn't on vacation. That's vacation to me, though. <laughs> we're busy as bees and you're lazy as a, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How dare um, you, We sir. are here, as we are every week, to count down the top 10 things that made us go, wow, wow in pop culture and things of that nature. So let's kick it right off with number 10. Number 10. The View. Uh, must must see viewing for many a gay man in this world. I um, I started, I you know, maybe I've mentioned this before, I don't know, but I helped to develop and launch The View with Barbara Walters. Uh, was, 20, was this before or after Sandy Gallen in Harvard? <laughs> after Sandy Gallen in Harvard. <laughs> before my Emmy nom- my Emmy, Emmy, Emmy uh, wins for RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> but I had the privilege of working on that show. And, you know, I try to keep up. It's hard because it's daytime TV. But thank God for the global pandemic because I spent a lot more time watching The View. And, uh, you know, th- The View from home was actually more enjoyable because they had they couldn't really talk over each other. They had to give each other turns. Something we're learning to do here for the first, you know, for, for the first five years. Um, but big breaking news from the view is that the one ingredient, and I'm sorry, I, I try so hard now today in the post Britney world you to be want kind. to be nice. You want to be the good guy. You try very hard. Yes. I give you that. Yes. And I want to not scapegoat people or take my aggression on people. But I do not like that Megan McCain. And I was thrilled when I found out this week that she is retiring, leaving early from the view. Yeah. Speaking, ever- speaking of scraped up goats. Oh, we're going there. Um, do you guys watch The View at all anymore? Ever ever kick it in? I, I, I don't, watch it. Oh, you do? I, I don't watch it live. I will see the clips on, you know, on Twitter and, and social media. Um, I, I am sort of a little sad because I loved, I hate, I loved to hate her hairstyles. And I love to to sort of figure out what the, what was going on in her hairstylist's mind. Did he hate her and was trying to to take her down a peg, or did she no. think it was fabulous? I'll those never know. Me- those memes are mean and hilarious of all the different crazy haircuts. But here's the thing: you don't make fun of somebody's hair if you like them. You don't make fun mm-hmm. of somebody's hair or like weight if you like them. That's always like the 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 weakness is when you don't like them. And I find her listen. I love that The View has lots of different points of view. I respect that they have a conservative uh, Republican point of view. I don't like the way she communicates. I don't like the way she calls up her dad, that there's a certain whininess and defensiveness and self-righteousness and everything she says. And I don't think that's necessarily a Republican thing. It might be from time to time. But, but Tom, did you feel the same way about Elizabeth Hasselbeck? Be honest. We we, we, We were just as irritated with Elizabeth, weren't we? Yeah, and maybe they're just they feel they are maybe they are ganged up there, but they, they both were strident, and that's such a sexist thing to say. Um, In fact, but they, I think I hated Elizabeth Hasselbeck more than Meghan McCain. I, Meghan always felt like she the, lost before she started an argument; she'd already lost it. And <laughs> then there was the the beret girl, right? Um, from uh, family, not Family Ties, but um, oh, uh, Candace, oh, Candace Cameron. Cameron Burrell. Yes, yes, right. Okay. Well, Candace and I share the same skin uh, treatment. We both use the Lancer system. So Cameron and I share that in common. 
Um, but, but I think what's interesting is who will replace her on The View. Uh, There's a well, new spot. Yeah, I but want to yeah, nominate be, be careful her. of what you wish for when you wish for, for her to be gone because there's always someone worse waiting in the wings. And that's why I nominate right now for the public to hear James St. James as the new <laughs> I will be your strident blonde Republican lady. <laughs> if well, anybody uh, can do a lot with hair, it's you, James. <laughs> um, Anna Navarro, who I love, who I is love a... Anna, yeah. Who is a, now, she's a Republican. I, again, in today's line of the line of conservative and liberal has shifted so much. I guess she's not a Republican or not a conservative, but she she's is a, a rhino is what they say. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I like her. She goes I on a Friday. She might get a bigger role, but the other, the hot news is that Debbie Matinopoulos pre-mentioned in the show, who was the young one when the view first started. Remember when the view first started, I just have to remind you, Barbara Walters, star Jones, Meredith Vieira, Joy Behar, who's still there, and Debbie Minneapolis, the young one. Um, and Debbie is, is you know, she was 21 when it started. She's in her 40s now, God love her, looking beautiful. You know, she has a career and done many things, and they're thinking of bringing her back. And I, I was reading the comment section because Deadline brought it up, uh, and, the, and people were being mean and nice. But I, I, there's no one I love more than Debbie, and she started off, she was fresh from college. She was an intern at MTV when she got the job. Can you imagine being yeah, as behind the ears? She was given a bad, a raw deal on the show right. because thrown she was into thrown the shark into tank. The, yeah, with Barbara Walters and Joy Behar and all the and 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 Star Jones and all that stuff. So, um, I, and I was I had a new thing. I met with um the fellows, the House of Avalon. We had a, a, a meeting there. The incredible house behind an artist and stylist behind uh, GG from Arkansas. From Arkansas. from Arkansas, yes, you know them, and they were they, they uh, jazz uh, Simone, who's uh, one of the drag drag superstar this year. She comes from there, and Gigi Good is from there, and we had a meeting with them, but they had to schedule it after the View, so I figure yeah. like the View is hip again. If they like the View, if they watch the View, then the View is hip again. So we'll see what the future brings. I'm I'm voting from uh, my vote is for James St. James first. And second, Debbie Metnopolis. I'm there. I will totally do it. Yes. All right. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine. I fell into a young royals hole over the weekend. It's a new series on Netflix. It's a Swedish soap opera, a teen, gay teen drama uh, that is um, uh, getting a lot of attention. And it's very interesting. And I'll, I'll get to that in a few minutes. It's about a young royal Swedish prince, and he uh, he's he gets into some trouble, and his mother, the queen, sends him to a snobby elite boarding school, as they so often do. And his cousin, the hot but evil August, is sort of runs is rules the roost of the school, and he gets to the school, and he's you know sort of treated like an outsider, blah blah blah, and he very quickly starts crushing on this young, poor but very cute boy. Uh, from the wrong side of the tracks and the 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 relationship grows and blossoms and they end up falling deeply and madly in love and it's just really beautiful and very sweet and then at one point they're having sex in the evil august films them and puts it on the internet and it becomes this international scandal where the crown prince of sweden in a sex romp uh internet sex romp and it's going to bring down the monarchy and it's this blah 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 you know you know how these things go but the interesting thing about the show is, you know how, like, on every American teen drama from 901-20 to Gossip Girl to Riverdale, it's all 25 to 30-year-olds playing 16-year-olds. They are all supermodels, and they all talk like 40 screenwriters. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> this actually stars 16-year-olds, and the crown prince is this gang gangly, gawky boy this lanky boy with sort of greasy hair really bad acne that they don't try and hide they don't ever ever mention it he's just a teenager with acne the hot girl in school the hottest girl in school is like a thick girl she's a big girl and she's got acne really bad and um it's just it's very refreshing and it makes the story so nice yes tom James, do you have an acne fetish? Is this something I new? Have or funny out about you? I like a boy with acne. I think it's adorable. I think it's you. It makes people humble is what I always say. How do you feel yeah. about back acne? 
Well, that's that's a gray area. How about okay. acne? What ass acne? <laughs> now I think we're all admitting to something we probably should not be admitting mm-hmm. to. Either. Let's move on. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> anyway, but it just it makes the story that much sweeter and that much more realistic to have these kids who act like kids and talk like kids and look like kids, and it's um, a very sweet gay love story. And I just want everyone to like I said, you can watch. It's dubbed or um, subtitled. And I have to ask horrible. the obvious question: How many episodes? How long? Oh, it's six episodes, but the episodes are only like thirty to forty minutes, and so you, I, you can I zipped through them in about three hours. So it was it was start a, with a, that, and I'll listen closer next time. Yeah, I listen to I'm sorry. I just, yeah. There's so much TV. No, that's such a good thing to know. Half hours are are saving the world. And, you know, there, it, it, there's a lot of character development and plot development in those 30, 30 40 minutes. It's like it really zips along and there's not a bad episode in the bunch. It's just it's it's very sweet and wonderful. And I love and remind it. me the title of it again. It's called Young Royals. Young Royals on Netflix. Yes. James says, watch it, please. You come for the love story. Stay for the acne. <laughs> All right. that's your tagline for yes. this season of rupaul too <laughs> high definition television because it's everything All right and, and, and we are in the process of counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow let's move on to number eight number eight it's richard branson goes into space oh um, this is a good topic this yeah is, uh, there, there's a lot to unpack here Let's and just talk about the big picture for a second. Can I? I'm sorry. Please, I'm, yeah, go. Hijack it. And I always don't like those, you know, why do people drive nice cars and people are starving in Africa? I always think it's like you're just sort of putting two things together. But why, why are billionaires rushing to go into space in some kind of lark, in some kind of like, it's it's yacht mentality taken to like space, right? It's like, how much money can we spend um, I think I'm happy to be wrong. You know, it just boggles the mind when there's so many ways that we could be spending our money. I also saw a meme recently that said of all the billionaires in the world, there's like 271, none of them became Batman. You know, none of them are heroes. They're all just like doing it for themselves. They're James, all Lex Luthers is what they are. They're yeah, all evil, so evil, evil super. Are you that for people who don't, we're on video as well as on the radio, but I think even people listening to us on the radio heard your eye roll. During my last, my last. No, it, but I'm glad that you set it up like that because I'm ready to knock it down. That's why you're here, James. I believe I, I agree with you that there are a million things that they could have done with the money. Childhood cancer, you know, the homeless problem. I mean, there's just there. There is so much happening in the world right now. The world is burning down. Climate change. We just Climate need. To, but I believe in my heart of hearts that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. And I think that there is enough that they, that they're only spending a, a minuscule amount of their, their billions and hundreds of billions of dollars on this. And I think, I honestly believe that as we burn this world down, we are going to have to get off of it at some point. We are going to, we have, we have put space, space adventures, space what is the, space travel aside for too long we you know in the 60s it was go 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 to the moon and then uh, we got to the moon and then it, it stopped for 40 years and we nobody did anything except for the space shuttle and i believe that it's what point, do we have to show for that tang uh, uh um 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 um, um uh, air air mattresses <laughs> moonwalk shoes <laughs> But but I honestly I I don't mind the fact that that they're racing. If 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 we can get people invested in space travel again, I think that's a positive thing. I think that we're going to need to go to Mars in the next ten years. I think that all these these things have to happen. But would it be easier? I, I listen. I can play both sides of this record. Yeah. But but lately it's upset me. I don't know why. But you know. What about making Earth habitable? Like instead of like the red planet that's far away that takes everybody to get there, why don't we learn how to make Earth work without oxygen? Well, but, well, but like Richard Branson said when he came down, he said that like a lot of astronauts, when you see the big marble spinning in the sky from yeah. that far up, you have a revelation and you have the, a newfound appreciation for Mother Gaia. And he says that he's going to do, spend the rest of his life trying to make sure that cli- he addresses things like climate change. And he wants to he feels m- more at tune with the Earth, having seen it from above. 
Pray I hope his actions match those words. I do too. I, I've seen the blue marble in pictures, and that's enough for me. I've seen alligators on TV enough to know. Stay away from alligators. Wait, so you would I never go to be in the jaws of an alligator to know that. I just want to. We need to wrap it up because we're running out of time. But um, I just want to say, like, there's this uh, series of tweets that Sim Kern, Sim underscore Kern, post. I'll post it on the Wow Report. She is a. Uh, a spouse of a part of an astronaut it's about how hard it is to live in space and how this one guy um the the guy that's lived that stayed in space the longest was only there for a year scott kelly he spent a year in space got home and immediately retired he spent all his life preparing and training to be in space and found it extremely physical and psychologically grueling to be up there for just one year. Well, it's hard to poop in your your, your space diapers, all, you know, twenty four hours a day, every day for for a year. And but you what also saying is about- like, there's never going to be a time in our lifetimes when living on Mars is going to be at all fathomable. So we should, like Tom be- said, hold on, hold we should, on. like Tom said, fix the Earth, but and live but- on the Earth that where we are able to like breathe and walk and. Whatever, Blake. Neither one of you would uh, go up in a, in the space shuttle or go on a, a, this nah. trip. This, it was only for an hour. He was up there. You wouldn't do it for an hour. If it was right. a good, if it was a good skin treatment, or if it like made your lips fuller or your your cheeks higher, I might. But I, otherwise, no. I'd go after millions of other people had already gone, and that's not going to happen. Go, you wouldn't so. be the first people to go live on Mars. I no. would. No. no, I totally would. Mm-mm. You're braver than we are. For all we know, you, for all we know, you're visiting from Mars. <laughs> yeah, and you have like an ulterior motive. Sorry, I said it. All right, I wish we could continue yelling at each other, but unfortunately, we have to take a little break. Um, before we go, I just want to plug um, on HBO Catch and Kill, this amazing documentary series that just started this week, uh, directed by Randy Barbado and Fenton Bailey, and it is. Uh, it's the fabulous Ronan Farrow's um, um, the, his podcast come to life about the uh, the the uh, investigation around Harvey uh, Harvey Weinstein and it's amazing. It's on HBO Max every Monday. Two new episodes drop. So and it's watch getting that. a lot of really positive uh, reviews and people. Great are reviews. I watched it myself, it. and it, it's it's it, it goes by so quick. It's so gripping. It's so interesting. Um, now, uh, just to keep you all glued to your radios as we take a little break uh blake is going to give us a trivia question and we'll answer it after the break well this was wild um may- maybe you guys saw this picture this week but what celebrity was recently photographed hiking with a machete while drinking a beer what was that about hold on what celebrity was photographed Wait. hiking with a machete and a beer yeah, you're never going to believe it. Oh, my God. All right, the answer to that and so much more as we continue to counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow here on the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And we're back. This is the Wow Report. I'm Tom Campbell here with James St. James and Blake Jacobs. Our fearless Hi. leader, Fenton Bailey, is away, but he'll be back. In the meantime, we are in the midst of counting down the top 10 things that make us go Wow. 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 We haven't done it well. And um, uh, before the break, uh, Blake uh, mentioned a little uh, trivia question. We're going to try to answer it. What was that question, Blake? Well, there was a photograph that came out this week, and it is a WTF. I'll ask, what celebrity was recently photographed hiking through the jungle with a machete while drinking a beer in a glass? Now, I James, know the you answer- know. Yes, I do. So I'm going to let you give, give it. A, give I'm just going to give it one guess, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm right. Meghan Markle. <laughs> <laughs> close. Very close. Very close. It's a fashionista, and it is Mary Kate Olsen, right? Or Ashley? It was Ashley Olsen with a machete. But it was a fabulous. Why? Like, what was what was the occasion? It was like a Tom Ford machete, from what I understand. <laughs> and she was just clearing the underbrush as she walked along. <laughs> and was she didn't want to trip class. And, she didn't want to trip and spill her beer, so she had the well, machete. Yeah. I love it. Her. Well, right? no, they're style they're style setters, so I guess we'll all be toting machetes. I do have we... a couple of swords in, in my house that I've been dying to bring out. James 
keep that Ugh. stuff to yourself. It's very yeah. dangerous information <laughs> people shouldn't know. All right. Like I said, we're kind of the top 10 things that made us go, wow, this week we are now at number seven, James St. James. Number seven. We were talking about Young Royals and how they did it right. And then immediately afterwards, I went to HBO Max and watched Gossip Girl. And by God, they did it wrong. It was the worst piece of crap I've seen in years. It was terrible. I uh, tried it. I hated it. I hated every moment of it. I hated every character. I hated every actor. I hated every line of dialogue. I thought it was just that it was just cruel for no reason it was um pointlessly cruel it was so much of that um uh entitled brats acting like assholes that i always rail against why we make them into heroes why we make them into the people that the teenagers look are supposed to look up to it it, we wonder why you know there's this nasty one percent republican entitlement attitude and it comes from things like this where we we glamorize the the wealthy the elite we, we everything they do is supposed to be adorable and funny and it's just cruel and nasty and and i just um I, I really, really, it left such a bad feeling in my mouth. James, for once in your life, you're not exaggerating. Oh, you watched no, it. I watched it too. I happened to watch uh, Catch and Kill. And so I thought, well, I'm just going to flip over and what, you know, it was in the streaming of it all. And I watched the whole thing. I hate watched the whole thing. I thought, yeah. am I so incredibly out of it? The answer is probably yes. Am I so incredibly out of it that this is what, young people want to see is this who young people want to be and and they show drug use in a way that's so it's not sexy it's not organic it just feels very fake and even the sex and the way they have people having sex and the way they photograph it it feels lurid you know yeah Yeah, as a consumer i watch pornography there i said it i'm one of the i'm one of the 90 billion people watch pornography which all this homemade porn now is is more tender and sweet and realistic than this kind of lurid, you know, depiction of three ways and pansexuality. And it felt you very, know, I, a, I, a very straight lens too, even though it was supposed to be all loosey goosey, it felt very straight in a bad yeah. way. Yeah. It was definitely written and directed and produced by heterosexuals. Um, I did like the, the little bald girl. I thought she was sort of cute. And there's the um, Evan mock, who is the pink haired bisexual pansexual boy who is um, I follow him on Instagram. He's a model turned actor. He was interesting to me. Uh, It's an incredible, it's an incredibly attractive cast, but boy, there is no character development. It's like those mean girls, that mean girl, you know, there was really very little, like the guy with the pink hair, but very little to distinguish them from you know, each other, except for some big shows cliches. like 90210 and the other Gossip Girl, you had the poor characters who were grounding and they were the alternative and you had like a no. sort of a, a back and forth. And I the twist in this, the tw- go ahead. Oh, that um, Tavi Jevonson, who about uh, a number of years ago was very famous for being a 12-year-old fashion blogger, and she got a lot of attention and a lot of press, and then she was on Broadway, and she she was, like, invited to every fashion show and everything. She plays one of the teachers now, and it's very odd that she went from being 12 years old to being the an adult without she – she should be in her teen – this well, should be this is, okay. This is the strange. this is the thing, and it's not a spoiler alert because it's like they reveal who Gossip Girl is immediately, yeah. and it is mm-hmm. this character, and it's the idea that the teachers at the school who are all gorgeous and about an hour older than the students, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not that much older. They have no power. They're getting fired. The rich kids have all the power. So, so the teachers spend their time uh, writing the blog on instagram which probably instagram would block that kind of content whatever and taking pictures of them like naked in a window it's like the whole thing is not that it needs to be plausible but it just needs to not be icky it's just i I also i i dislike that premise that the teachers um have absolutely no power over the children i think that sets a very bad precedent for For teachers everywhere who suddenly are going to start feeling like their kids are overpowering them. And, and my last self-centered remark is we almost, you know, we did high school, uh, homeschool musical for mm-hmm. HBO Max, which ended up being rally. It, it, 
at one point it was going to be a movie uh, and, and we wrote like a grease like movie, but set in high school, but during the pandemic and graduation. And we had executives there who remain nameless who were like, Oh, this scene where so-and-so is trying to get to the other boy's boyfriend, like really innocent, like romantic comedy plot points. They're like, that was hard to read. That was hard to get through. That was really hard. And I thought like, is this, I hope he's not the same executives who let Gossip Girl go through because it was hard. Everything was hard to watch. Anyway. Well, I, I just want to say that if you, need, if you need to watch teen drama, go with Young Royals instead of Gossip Girl. You will, Bam. You will thank me. Thank you very much. All right. We're moving on now to number six. Number six. Valerie Bertinelli. Oh, um, bless Making a splash this week because – uh, she will be fat shamed no more. Valerie Bertinelli, who we all know from one day at a time, if you're a certain age, she was the most beautiful teenage girl with the lowest hairline and the deepest uh, apart. Loved her so much with her bell bottoms. Married um, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. And, you know, a few, not that many years ago, 10 years ago, she lost a lot of weight and she was Jenny Craig's spokesperson. Well, now guess what? She's gained the weight back. Somebody online made fun of her and she clapped back sort of saying, you know what, you're not being helpful. Like, I know I've gained weight. You know, when, when, when I see someone who's gained weight, I think to myself, boy, they're going through something. Won't you be a little bit kind? And then people have clapped back at her saying, well, you're part of the problem, girl, because you were part of the, the diet. You know, the whole idea that dieting and Jenny Craig's and Weight Watchers, sorry, Oprah, and all those things are the, 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 the diet industry is a multi-billion dollar industry that the results are remarkably sad, right? That people don't really lose weight quickly and keep it off for the most part. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, and so, and, and she's been, she's handled it pretty well because she says, listen, I was part of that and, you know, I have to live with that too. But what do we think? I mean, I mean, look, I think everybody wants to lose weight. And if a company pays you a lot of money to lose weight. That's more motivation for you to lose weight. And it's just like how everything we've got to, the world is changing and uh, she just got kind of caught up in like, now that's a bad thing when, is it yeah. really a bad thing? Well, I mean, I, I love Valerie Bertinelli and I'm, I will always be on her side. There are so many of the 70s stars that are so engaging and wonderful on Twitter and social media now that they're at the uh, sort of the slumpish side of their career. Uh, Morgan Fairchild is wonderful. Mark Hamill is wonderful. So many of these people, they will actually speak out and talk to you. And I like the idea that Valerie is always very honest and open with her fans. And I, I appreciate and, and it's that. Worth, I guess ultimately it's worth it. The stuff is, is, is talked about and it's raised this, these topics because yeah. you can't beat the mobs. You know, if you, if you sort of talk to your haters on Instagram or on Twitter, you're not going to win, but you know, I, I have lost recently a lot of weight. Have I have you? lost almost 40 pounds. Stop it. I have. And so people will say to me, oh, my God, you look so. And they're like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, no, you can say it. Right. What was it that finally did the, did the deed? How did you lose it? Getting back home, having, you know, di- pre-diabetes, uh, you know, drifting into regular diabetes and not – Quite frankly, gaining so much weight that it was hard for me to tie my left shoe. I was uh, like, "Can I, I live my life one. with just one shoe?" Um, and, but, and I don't know how long for many it'll last. years. For many years, Tom, you were getting those um, meals, meals sent to you. The and meal I, I still do meal. that. I get I get meal meals delivered, but I don't eat on top of it. Or if I do, it's vegetables. Mm. You yeah. know, what I'm saying I'm trying to. I'm not trying to say I'll never eat sugar again. I'll never, I don't do any of that. I have some diet Cokes, you know, I, I have my, which are my version of a cigarette now. I always had a diet Coke, um, <laughs> but I'm just saying it's, it's, but people say you look better. I feel better. And, and again, but, and when I was heavy, I didn't regret a bite I had. It just got to a point where it made my life unmanageable. You know, it's sort of like mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm no stranger to 12 step programs and like using a substance or something so much that it makes your life unmanageable and food you know every bite of food i had i loved and i think is amazing it just got to a place where you can't eat that much in a row and still i completely understand about not being able to tie your shoe in fact i've recently lost about 35 pounds but i guess everyone's just being too nice around me because no one says they notice it well, I think I've gained both of you, whatever you've both lost, because I seem to just be getting bigger and bigger and bigger as the summer goes on. Well, 
I've been up and down, and it's a thing that happens when it happens. Anyway, I just Dolly Bertinelli, we hear you. We love you. Let's be nice to everybody. Let's try, except for, of course, the people we've been mean to this show so far. Um, <laughs> let's move on to number five. Number five. Yesterday, I watched a new documentary. Well, it came out in 2020, but it sort of got lost in the pandemic shuffle of everything that happened. It's called Kenny Scharf When Worlds Collide. And it's a biography, a documentary about our old friend, uh, Kenny Scharf, who I've known for 35 plus years. He is one of the great faces of the 80s. He uh, was part of the uh, pop graffiti scene that birthed uh, Kenny Scharf, Tearing, Jean-Michel Basquiat. They were sort of the, tr- the downtown triumvirate. Um, uh, and it's really, it's a fantastic documentary. It starts in the seventies when he moves to New York and there's so much footage of New York in the seventies, downtown in the seventies, uh, the club 57 that birthed Ann Magnuson and John Sex and Keith Haring and, uh, Tish and Snooki and so many people that we know and that we've loved Wendy Wild, And there's all this just fantastic footage of the nightclub in the scene and then downtown Avenue C, which was literally bomb. It was like downtown Beirut. It was just, it was like bombed out The Keith, Keith Haring and Jean and, and Kenny lived in a loft together for years and years. And they painted every inch of the loft and just decorated every phone, every TV, every, everything is just painted. And you see, we've heard, I've heard the stories about this and you see the inside of the loft, you hear them, they, they're interacting with each other. They're talking to each other. And it's fascinating because Kenny, um, talks a lot about how he felt left behind when Jean-Michel went through the stratosphere, when Keith Haring just became the art world darling. And he was the third in that group. And he, his career wasn't quite taking off as much as the others and the frustration he felt because he loved these people. He loved them. And then he started having falling outs with them. And then of course, AIDS comes along and it takes both Jean-Michel or Jean-Michel with, with drugs and Keith with, with AIDS. And then he's the only one left. And then his career sort of goes into a tailspin in the nineties. And then he has this great resurgence. You know, now he is the face of Dior. I don't know if you've seen the Dior Kenny Scharf collection. It is unbelievable. He does Cosmic Cavern, his cars, the car bombs. He's he's sort of everywhere in Los Angeles at this point. I have one of the cars. Yeah. Um, he's he, and, he 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 hand painted your car. Yes, he he will go for free. He to anybody who goes to his his house or his where he his, his studio, he will come out and he will paint your car with those little monsters and he calls it car bombs and they're all over Los Angeles and there is he's just he's a really fun character. He's somebody who has been through the mill. He has come out on the other side and it's a really up it was done by his daughter and it's so they have all sorts of access to all sorts of home movies and footage and interviews and things and it's just Fascinating. I saw it on Vudu, but I think it's available streaming. What's the name of the documentary again? Uh, Kenny Scharf, When Worlds Collide. And that's That's the the name of uh, his first big painting that was at the Whitney Museum. And um, uh, or what a career, what a story of survival and success and how great that it comes out while he's still alive and with us. Exactly. Yeah, he's having this career renaissance now when he can still enjoy it. I love it. Thank you, James. All right. It's time for another break. Before we go, Blake, do you have a question? Yeah, I do have a question. And I just wanted to let everyone know that casting for a WOW-produced gay dating show has started and it runs through July 30th. Now, if you work at WOW, are you eligible (laughs) to be part of it? Will they find me someone to love is what I'm asking. I don't think so. (laughs) So we're looking for gay suitors. To, to be part of a, a gay dating show social experiment. And I think it's fair to tell everyone listening and watching that no, the three of us have nothing to do with the show. So don't be scared. Don't be, don't be scared. Don't be scared. You don't have to meet us. You don't have to talk to us. We don't show up. We have nothing. We are, we are not who you're going to be dating. No, it's so much better than that. So much better than that. All uh, right. Well, and eligible bachelors, eligible bachelors can get more information and apply at worldofwonder.com slash casting. And now for my question. Yes, please. Um, what place just broke the record for the hottest temperature ever verifiably measured on Earth? James St. James apartment. 
<laughs> right? All right, we'll have the answer to that and so much more as we continue the countdown on the Wow Report. You're watching or you're listening to, or, you know, Radio Andy. Keep going. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. And we're back. It's the Wow Report on Radio Andy. I'm Tom Campbell with James St. James, Blake Jacobs. Uh, we're all doing our best to fill in the void that is Fenton Bailey, our fearless leader, who's out on assignment. Um, we are in the midst of counting down the top 10 things this week that made us go wow. wow. Uh, before the break, James, uh, James, maybe Blake or James, J- uh, Blake asked a question. It was me. It was me. What place just broke the record for hottest temperature ever verifiably measured on Earth? Ever. Well, you would think it would be like Dubai or, you know, the Sahara Desert, the Kalahari Desert. It isn't. It's very close to us. Tom, do you want to take a guess? Death Valley? Yes. 130 degrees. I remember last summer when it was 114 here in Los Angeles. I heard that, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest is baking and like the clams and everything that live on the... You can just go around eating fried clams uh, and, and mussels. Just, just, just take them off the shore. Uh-huh. A new meaning to the expression rock lobster. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> yeah. And, All you right. know, unfortunately, um, people up in um, Oregon and, and Seattle and stuff, they don't really have air conditions because it really never gets that right, way. They, they are having a mm-hmm. really hard time. But thanks to uh, people like Jane St. James and uh, all the billionaires are going to space. I'm sure everything will be just fine. <laughs> all right. We, let's continue the countdown. We are at number four. Number four. I just want to take a brief moment to recognize. I mean, life goes by so fast, you guys. And the really important things sometimes are here today and gone tomorrow. But Today, we are going to stop and we are going to celebrate the 25th anniversary of the Macarena. (laughs) (laughs) The crazy thing about the Macarena is we all know how to do it. 25 years ago, before TikTok, before drag queens had horrible songs and singles. um, (laughs) um, Oh, my God, I've lost my page with all my information, but... It was the Los Rios uh, Trios. The Los, you're going to look it up for us, Blake. But I just remember I was working at Carol and Marilyn Real Friends. This is before I worked with Barbara Walters on The View. And I was an ABC daytime show with the Mommies. And we were on ABC. So it was Regis and, and Kathy Lee. Oh, my God. Just saying those words bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Then it was uh, 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 our show. And then it was sort of like. I don't know, maybe Ricky Lake or some other show came out afterwards. And back to back to back without even planning, we all did Macarena-themed episodes. I mean, it was, <laughs> so it was like five hours of Macarena on ABC. Yes, and it was, it's so embarrassing, but it's like, it was, if you know, on those, it's like this show. It's like you're always trying to figure out what's hot, what's happening, what should we talk about? And it was the Macarena, which, you know, <laughs> was written by these two guys from Spain. Do you get their names? Los like, Del Rio. Thank you, Los Del Rio. And, you know, it came out a couple years earlier, but they did a remix of it. They put in a few English words. Um, I just watched the video recently, and the video really looks like a RuPaul's Drivers video because it's just, it's real women, I think, but in, like, uh, purple wigs and orange wigs. It's very colorful. And it had choreography that everybody could do, which is very TikTok. You know what I'm saying? It was very, like, I'm sure it's still just playing at a wedding reception right now. Um, did you guys have any, now, James, you were, you were living in the, in the height of, of, of hipness and luxury during this time. Were you, were you, uh, bitten by the Macarena bug? No, I'm afraid it really didn't seep into the the downtown underground scene. I think we all held our nose when we could hear it on the radio, (laughs) but I do remember it was, you know, it, it did make its way onto like episodes of friends and, you know, it, it was everywhere. It, it was, was really number one for like 11 or 14 weeks or some crazy. Number, it was you know, some way too long. Number. It was way yeah. too long. I was only 14 and I remember it coming out and going on vacation with my family and they would do it at like Joe's Crab Shack. <laughs> well, but That's it was what, you know, the 90s had so many of those Barbie girls and, you know, who let the dogs out and. Uh, but nothing, one, nothing two, really permeated like the Macarena. You know, not since maybe true. like YMCA in the seventies was there this like bad song mixed with uh, yes, oh, walk like an Egyptian. Yes, 
things of that nature. Anyway, I just saw that it brought me back to that crazy Monday uh, 25 years ago when daytime television like <laughs> hit a rock bottom with back to back to back episodes. Oh, <laughs> Reina. Happy yeah, anniversary. Funny. All right. Let's move on now to number three. Number three. I read an interesting article in Town and Country magazine, which is not a magazine that I get very often anymore. But I saw on the cover, it said name dropping do's and don'ts. And I have a terrible problem with name dropping. I don't know if you know this. Paris Hilton is always telling me how terrible I am about name dropping. So I thought that I would get it. But it turns out that it's not about name dropping. It's this fascinating story about how the very rich, the wealthy 1%, no longer want to put their names on library wings and museum wings and hospital wings and sports arenas and things like that. Because in the era of uh, Me Too and cancel culture, it opens up all of this um, sort of unwanted uh, attention, unwanted scrutiny. And um, they give a bunch of uh, instances where in March, uh, the billionaire Leon Black had to step down from his role as the board of trustees at MoMA because it came to light that he had been on Jeffrey Epstein's island. And he had he and his wife had given forty five million dollars to um, they made they made a donation. And what MoMA is like, what did we do? Do we have to give this money back? He's been canceled. We can't really keep this money. There are people like the Sackler family who are responsible for the opioid epidemic, but the Sacklers are also responsible for the National um, Portrait Gallery in London, the Tate Museum. They are responsible for the Temple of Dendur at the Metropolitan Museum. There's the Sackler Museum at Harvard, I'm pretty sure. There's the Sackler Museum at Harvard. There's the Serpentine and Sackler um, Gallery in London. And all of these have had to take wipe their name of the Sacklers. And the um, grand dame of the Sackler family had wrote this statement saying, you know, my husband died 35 years ago when he was, you know, endowing all these places. This was 35 years before the opioid epidemic. Why are we being punished for, you know, why are why are you taking down his name when I mean, and it just becomes this whole sort of um, they were saying that now um, endowments. Uh, there are um, donation acceptance policies that now routinely include morality clauses. Before you can donate $100 million, you have to be scrutinized and go through this process. And historically, you know, the the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts were robber barons and crooks, and they had the table manners of Visigoths and Huns. You know, I mean, they were just, they were horrible, horrible people. And yet- Through giving money, that's how they established some sort of philanthropy was always sort of a, a making up for the sins of our fathers kind of exactly. thing, right? Exactly. And it, because uh, they were talking about how, um, you know, like they said, there was someone who gave, you know, like $40 million to a, um, a museum, but they had to give the money back. And that money could have done so much good, but the person didn't quite pass the muster. Well, here's Where the truth that nobody wants account? to hear. But what? all money is dirty money. It's true. It's true. And you know, big, big multi-million dollar estates and and fortunes, dirty money. Somebody got exploited for that money. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, but, shouldn't they be punished by us taking their money and using it for to better? Well, like, that's true. But they were saying that nobody wants to go to a Jeffrey Epstein wing of the Metropolitan. Well, Museum. just don't name it that. <laughs> like you get revoked by having your name. Sorry, you well, already donated. That, that is that is where we are moving towards. Where you know it used to be that um, you know David, uh, what's Geffen. his name, Geffen, and people like that. You know Jeffrey Epstein would would were buying up everything in Los Angeles, and it was all being named after them. And that's not the case anymore. Where everyone wants their name taken off. Remind me where we've talked about this before. John Waters had restrooms named after him. Oh, at, the, at the Baltimore Museum of Art. He had the John Waters. That's what they should do. That's what they should do. They should create a restroom. Name that a public restroom named after Jeffrey Epstein. I think that's appropriate. But what? But you know, would you take? I mean, should they take money from from people who are not going to yes. pass moral? Yes, if they make a public restroom as well. Okay. Uh-oh. 
Okay, I just, I, it was a fascinating cross. article in Town and Country magazine. I used to I, love, I love Town that, and Country. The, the, the twist of name dropper. It's not name dropping, but actually dropping the name. That's exactly. That's that was the the yes, very clever the joke. Yes. Thank you, James. Thank you for being somebody who reads. We really appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you. We need you. We need people like you. Um, we've got to number two on the countdown. Number two. Um, this will be really quick and short. We're a little over anyway, so. I just wanted to use this time and this platform to convey this message to my fellow Arkansans, people in, um, and also people in Missouri and any other states where people are not getting vaccinated to just go out and get vaccinated. Please. Yeah. Um, it's not only helps you, it helps all everyone else. I just think the, it's the, like, the Delta variant is sweeping a lot of these states. There now is the Lambda variant that has popped up. Chicago in- just announced that um, if you, you can't come in from Arkansas or Missouri because cases are as bad as they were during the winter when everything was surging and yeah. people, it just, it's a shame that it's become political at all. And I don't know if you guys saw this, but like, I read recently that the Tennessee Republicans have something on the bill where they want to take away all COVID vaccination uh, programs for like kids and schools and not even just COVID-19 vaccines, but all vaccines. First so, of all, there's a lot. I, I only learned through memes on Facebook. Same. One thing is, do you remember uh, getting polio as a kid? No. Right. And why? Because we all got the polio vaccine because thank God they came up with the vaccine. People in my parents' generation would be limp gimps their whole life. You know, some would Living die. in iron lungs. Yes, because of, of, of polio. And you'd get it by swimming in a pool or, you know, casual contact. So that was we were saved from that. You know, smallpox, so many things because of vaccination, too. Um, someone pointed out that Pfizer, who makes one of the vaccinations, the one I took, um, also makes Viagra. And if it can raise the dead, surely it can keep you loving. I like that. Yeah. Did, did anyone think twice about taking a Viagra? Like, what's in this thing? Where, it's really, what's, yeah, what's I mean, the things this? that I have put in my body, the things I have put in my mouth and in my nose and up my butt, I have. But I'm wondering, why would I we, ever? You know how you have to have, like, I don't know, things have to have two uses now. Like, it tastes great. It also has calcium in it. I think it's like it's the vaccination, it also gives you an erection. Like then people would take it. And the last thing is, is I hear people out of frustration. And I think this way too, for a second, which is like, well, let them all die. The problem, this is public health people. This is not just like, okay, you don't get vaccinated. So you'll die. It's like, it's not as easy as that. You'll just get sick and clog up the system and bring people down and make other people vulnerable. It's like, I hate to say this. It's the reason we all fought, stop at traffic lights because it keeps us from not dying in intersections. It's why we, 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 it's illegal to defecate and urinate in public, because if we all did it, we'd all become sick. It's just certain rules that we follow so we all can live a better, healthier life, and we can, more of us can live and live productive lives. Anyway, get vaccinated. Gosh darn it. Um, on that note, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we will reveal, and it's a goodie, Number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're watching, you're listening to uh, the Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. It's uh, the Wow Report on Radio Andy. Tom Campbell, James St. James, Blake Jacobs here uh, doing this for Benton Bailey, who's away this week. We have been counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. And we have reached the one, the only number one. Number one. Emmys were announced this week. Congratulations, World of Wonder. Now, we got nominated for 11 Emmys. Is that the most we've ever been nominated for? Or I think are we, we might have been nominated for more, but that doesn't matter. It's amazing. RuPaul's Drag Race in its 13th season <laughs> has been nominated for 11 um, Emmy Awards, which is and, I, I'm not know, being... that James McGowan was nominated for the first time for production set, design. Set production. Yeah, somebody, yes. somebody we love, love, love here. And, of course, Curtis for hair, Raven and Jen for Goza, for makeup. I mean, with so many people, it takes a village, we always say. And as so many people got nominated and recognized. Um, it's very exciting. Yeah. And once again, nominated for best show and nominated for best host. And 
you know, it's super, uh, it's just amazing that a show that we love making, that is every kind of frame is filled with love and passion. The way I look at it is, is it's like when your parents would put your drawings on the refrigerator, you know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's sort of like, cause we, cause there are a lot of people that work as hard, if not harder than we do, you know what I'm saying? In this business, you spend your whole career and some, and sometimes you just don't, for whatever reason, you don't get that recognition. And we are so fortunate at RuPaul's Drag Race that not only get to we do something we love, but it's something that ref- it reflects back on us that people say, you know, with the validation of awards. And again, there's a lot of other ways to validate um, and just good work is validating, but um, it's kind of amazing. And, and the people that make RuPaul's Drag Race fresh every year are the queens. It's a cliche, but it's true because they come in with their stories and their creativity and their twisted point of view. And they come directly from the world, from life, from different socioeconomics, from places, from different ways that they identify themselves and express themselves. And uh, and they have truly the courage to just let like I, I'm proud that we created a safe space where people feel free to come and tell their truth and, and show their show their show their vulnerability and their creativity. And that's really the beauty of RuPaul's Drag Race. So be nice to win. But uh, there's two other things that really turn me on. One is is that Gene Smart, I think, has two nominations, one for Hacks and one for the mayor of East Town. Thank you. And I hope she wins both. And MJ Rodriguez for the pose is the first trans actor to win a major acting nomination. She so is Billy, Billy Porter, who's not trans, but he also is nominated. Um, MJ Rodriguez. I, I watched that show. I've watched every season. Um, it can be a little cliche at times, but boy, MJ Rodriguez is the heart and soul of that show, her character. And what, a, and, and she said some quote, like I finally feel seen. And it just, you know, it makes, you know, again, awards are stupid, <laughs> but if they make someone feel seen or, or, or if, if you're, you know, again, your work is on the refrigerator, then God bless. And uh, I, I wish her and Pose a lot of luck as well. And Jean Smart has to win everything, everything else, everything we don't win, she has to win. Oh, no, James is shut down. James was with us for the show. He was, he was a vibrant member of, of 10 to 2. And now with one, it's over. It's, it's curtain time. James, what's going on? Nothing, nothing. I just we're over. So, um, thank you very much for listening to the Wow Report on Radio Andy, Sirius XM. Come back next week for the top ten things that make us go wow. Yes, James took it away. Thank you. Bye, everybody.